Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Trump's businesses are about to get an MRI, and artificial intelligence prepares to take on Pictionary. But first, tax breaks and broken promises. So this is a story we've seen and read countless times, right? Company X agrees to move to a new city or state, or maybe even just open a new facility there in exchange for lucrative tax breaks and other government perks. The most obvious recent example was the Amazon HQ2 saga, but it happens regularly with companies you've maybe never heard of in locations you maybe haven't been to. The intention, of course, is noble, right? Uh, Create jobs for local residents, both directly in terms of how many people the company will hire, plus secondarily in terms of new restaurants and other businesses that spring up to serve those employees. The reality, however, is that job creation promises are not always kept. A new UT Austin study shows that there have been 164 such deals in Texas since 2003, but the companies walked back on the jobs promises in around one quarter of them. And then there's the situation in Wisconsin right now, where Taiwanese electronics manufacturer Foxconn seems to be hedging on the thousands of manufacturing jobs it promised, a pledge that President Trump was so excited about that he flew to the site and dug a ceremonial first ditch with a golden shovel. The bottom line here is that these promises are often unenforceable, often unknown to the public, and unfortunately, on the rise. And so are the corresponding tax breaks. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios reporter Erica Pandy. But first, this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata podcast. We're joined now by Axios reporter Erica Pandy. So, Erica, it seems one of the biggest issues here is that the companies, the supposed job creators, are kind of able to avoid public scrutiny in these deals. How do they do that? When these companies are negotiating with the cities to to bring in these jobs in exchange for breaks, a lot of them are negotiating the ability to fight uh, and, and even limit the release of, of public information. And these researchers at UT Austin found that. They, they, they were challenged on... Uh, almost uh, over a quarter of their requests. And when they dug deeper um, and, and, you know, kind of worked around and tried to piece together the renegotiated deals, they found that the companies that did renegotiate their deals and did kind of pull back on their promises were the same ones that were challenging those FOIA requests. And when we talk renegotiate, I mean, the states and the cities are kind of between a rock and a hard place at that point, right? Because if you've given a break, you know, one year and then four years later, the company, you know, says they want to renegotiate, the the tax break is kind of, or, or sometimes a grant is literally gone at that point. And it doesn't seem that there's often kind of recouping mechanisms in the deals. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the most egregious example I found in my reporting was Evergreen Solar in Massachusetts. They got a $58 million grant to build a manufacturing plant in the state, and then they came back some years later and said, you know, we're scrapping the plans. We can't manufacture here as cheaply as we can in China. And Massachusetts was only able to recover $3 million of the $21 million that they had already given to Evergreen at that point. And, and it's interesting, but but there doesn't seem to be, and correct me if I'm wrong here, any movement, and I understand this isn't a national thing, this is state and local level, but there doesn't seem to be any movement towards creating some sort of unified standards or, or something like that so that states and cities don't get into that Massachusetts evergreen solar situation again. And, and clearly, the Amazon HQ2 kind of proves that, right? Absolutely. And I think part of the reason that's true is that um, governments want 
these programs. This is how they take credit for companies and local job growth. And this is, I mean, they go to the, there's the ribbon cutting ceremony where the local official comes in and says, you know, it was because of X jobs program that this big company is coming in. And of course, the companies uh, want the tax breaks. So it really falls on the taxpayers um, who are getting shortchanged here. But again, as we've seen with HD2, these incentives are still polling well all over the country. Let's actually update on two big ones, uh, which I mentioned in the open. Amazon HQ2, something happened this week. Uh, Fill us in. Right. So uh, New York uh, has has a a state board uh, comprised of three people that that has jurisdiction over the Long Island City deal, and they appointed uh, State Senator Michael Gineris, who has uh, he's been a, a vocal po- opponent of the HQ2 deal and who has said past economic development projects in New York have been, quote, littered with overpromising and underdelivering. Um, and he, he, you know, has the power now to, to go up against Governor Cuomo and, and cause, uh, and, you know, uh, stop this deal. But he hasn't said that he wants to explicitly. What he said is that he Does wants he actually to have the power to stop it? He's one of three. Can he do it alone? The, the way the Times reported it is that he does uh, – anyone on this board has the power to veto. I don't know exactly how that plays out, um, but I think that it's definitely posing a, a big – at least a big thorn in the side of the deal. And let's look, talk about Foxconn for a sec. They, they were going to you know, create this big manufacturing facility. Then they talked about it being kind of an R&D campus, and then there was you know, pushback from the White House. Then it was going to be manufacturing again. Obviously, Foxconn historically has never lived up to its promises. Just you know, ask people in Brazil or Pennsylvania. What's the latest in Foxconn? It's it's completely up in the air still. I mean, day after day, the reports change. Uh, Bloomberg had this uh, big investigation where they said it was never realistic. But then the Post reported that Foxconn personally spoke with President Trump and that they are saying it's back on. Uh, but if you kind of dig into the, the great uh, analysis that Bloomberg did, it really doesn't seem like there's any room for, for those 13,000 jobs and, and that big plant. Uh, they, they, Reuters did report that they are definitely not planning to build LCD panels there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Finally, look, the, the size of corporate tax breaks has, has gone up kind of a, a lot over the last couple of decades. Do most of these go to big companies, small companies? Is it a mix? Yeah, uh, we looked into this a little bit, too. The, the size has tripled since the 1990s of a typical tax break. And they're seemingly open to everyone, but 70% of the deals are going to the big companies. And since big companies naturally pay bigger taxes and get bigger tax breaks, 90% of the dollars are going to these big companies. Erica Pandy, Axios reporter, thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a report from Axios' Jonathan Swan that House Democrats are preparing to investigate President Trump's family businesses, something Trump once called a red line for special counsel Robert Mueller. Swan writes that the Dems are hiring staffers with deep expertise at tracing real estate transaction cash flows, with Democratic Congressman Eric Stahlwall saying his House Intelligence Committee will, quote, take an MRI to any Russian financing the Trump Organization and the president may have had. And finally, Axios' Kava Waddell reports that researchers at the Allen Institute for AI in Seattle have developed a program that can play both sides of Pictionary, the drawing and the guessing. Now, why it matters is that while Pictionary might be a child's game, it's actually a lot more complicated with many more variables than games like chess or Go, which already have been mastered by AI. 
Luckily though, you will still need hands to win Hungry Hungry Hippos. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great national Fettuccine Alfredo Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata Podcast.